Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Grow Like a Pro. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Bankers, and I have alongside me, as always, Jason Flagel. Hello, Adam, and hello, world. I need a little more excitement. Come on. Bring it up like three notches. Let's try again. Hello, Jason. Hello, Adam. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. How's it going, man? It's going. It's uh, another beautiful day and uh, getting close to the winter. I love um, winter. New year is coming up. So I was talking with some people about getting ready for you know, improving your company and your business for 2019. So that was exciting. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, now we're uh, in the studio here and talking about uh, our upcoming episode with the Ron Greenbaum. The basement doctor, as some may know him. <laughs> yeah, this is a great conversation, but it's kind of, in a sense, a blast from the past. Because yeah, this was actually, right. <laughs> this was one of our first episodes we recorded, but it's a very important one and a great conversation. And mm-hmm. um, just some warning, it's, it's before we upgraded our equipment. So it still sounds good, but it's not quite to the level of what we have here. But yeah. the messages and the lessons from Ron are just, they're priceless. I mean, it's it's yeah. true. He's Phenomenal. he's seen it all. He's been he's been you know to the top of the mountain. He was on started on the bottom, came, mm-hmm. went to the top. He's a fascinating man who has a lot of incredible lessons to teach and a lot of growth tips to share. Yeah, it feels like almost every time I talk with him, I learn something new. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, so this is probably um, one of the most valuable episodes I think I've listened to that we've done so far. Just with in terms of like giving the listeners like really actionable things. Um, not to diminish the value of any of the other well, no, episodes, not at all. but you but know, he's, he's he's been around for you know a very long time. He's yeah. been awarded plenty of CEO awards. He's built incredible companies, multi-million dollar companies, yeah. and he's found success in so many different ways. And yeah, just, he's, a, he's a guy who gets things done while doing it with a smile and a good attitude. He's just he's a yeah. great guy. But before we start, I do want to remind everyone, if you want to be a part of the show, if you want to send in questions, comments, topics, if you want to tell your story on Grow Like a Pro and share growth tips and how you found success in your life, be sure to send an email to hello at growlikeaproshow.com. Once again, that's hello at growlikeaproshow.com. And especially for listeners last week, yes, I did wave while saying that email because it's just so much fun. It really is. Um, but I do want to remind people that this interview is from May of 2018. So mm-hmm. it, there is some times where Ron talks about something happening in June and certain things. So just be prepared that it is recorded a while ago. But it's one of those evergreen conversations, I yeah, think, that sure. it doesn't matter when it was recorded because the lessons are they're timeless and they're super valuable. Yeah, definitely. So without any further ado, here is Ron Greenbaum. Hello and welcome to the Grow Like a Pro podcast brought to you by Genesis Marketing Group. We empower you to grow like a pro by helping you create, develop, and communicate who you are, what you do, and why you do it. If you're not growing, you're losing. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Bankhurst, and I'm here with my friend and co-host, Jason Flagel. Hey, Adam. How's it going? Good. How you doing? (laughs) Doing well. Well, we're very, very honored to have Ron Greenbaum here with us. And he has over 40 years of experience growing successful businesses from the ground up. You may know Ron as the face of The Basement Doctor, but he's also a writer, a consultant, a speaker, and a serial entrepreneur who has helped businesses from all over the country. He refers himself as the Chief Strategist Investor. Ron, we welcome you to the Grow Like a Pro podcast. Well, it's great to be here today. <laughs> We're so happy to have you. And yeah, we absolutely. really just kind of want to start by learning more about you, about your story, because that's what this show is really about. It's about empowering our listeners, our viewers, and everyone around and taking knowledge and experience from someone who's really seen it all, like mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. 
Well, you know, I started out, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and um, went to Kent State briefly, uh, decided that college just wasn't for me, and uh, migrated uh, to Columbus. My brother had an existing restaurant business and uh, worked with him for a while, and then uh, had about four different careers. Uh, I was a cook for a while. I actually then went to San Francisco and learned how to cook in a Chinese restaurant in uh, Chinatown because I was a dishwasher there and supporting myself. I've kind of been on my own since I was about 13 years old. Lived above a friend's garage. His father let me live up there. Got out of high school kind of early at 16 and uh, then um, became uh, emancipated actually by the state of Ohio. I went into court and proved I could support myself and uh, have ever since. And I've had uh, four different careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was a cook, which uh, I like and is still a passion of and mine. And what's your specialty? Anything you love making? Um, I like grilling. I like oh, doing yeah. a lot of grilling, different things. That's and awesome. um, But, you know, nothing. I, I like everything. I, I wish I was a better baker. Oh, know, yeah. But that seems to be my brother. <laughs> got, my, my Russian grandmother uh, was a, uh, a baker, and uh, somehow he got the, all the recipes. But, uh, wow. you know, I just like kind of cooking it's it's a hobby of mine and uh i relax on the weekends and uh i wish i could do it more yeah definitely yeah so ron telling uh, us a little bit more about your background you know you went from being a cook what what was your next step well then i a friend of mine i um my brother and i kind of had a little falling out he was the owner of the restaurant and you know how brothers are so uh, yes. <laughs> a good friend of mine actually owned a uh, chain of waterbed stores and i started he actually became ill and it mm. couldn't uh, run him for a while so for about five years i worked there and actually left there with a 401k and a pile of money wow. after about five years and mm-hmm. um, my uh, college roommate and a good friend of mine uh, was in the um, concert promotion business mm. And uh, so we were roommates at that time, and he said, well, you know, why don't you help me out? He'd gotten real busy. So I learned that business. He ended up moving to Pittsburgh, of course, mm-hmm. for a woman. That's how it all happens. We were <laughs> That's all how young. it works. <laughs> I was, you know, in my early 20s and yeah. started working in the concert promotion business, uh, mm-hmm. managed some local uh, bands, a couple of which became kind of famous, local, you oh, know, wow. one became, got a national record contract. but. Was it McGuffey uh, Lane one yeah, of them? Yeah, it was a, a local Columbus, Ohio, Central Ohio band called McGuffey Lane. And wow, they've awesome. had about 11 albums. Yeah. And, they're uh, still performing today, aren't they? Yeah, they're still out there. Um, and they're very successful. Um, That's great. 40-some years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, went from that, uh, met my wife, and she said, you know what? Not a great business. Uh, tired of uh, that lifestyle and want to have a family. Mm-hmm. and." I was smart enough to uh, get out of that business and mm-hmm. become a, a waterproofing salesman for what was now a competitor of one of my companies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was an education in a lot of ways. Uh, they weren't the most ethical people, but that mm-hmm. was kind of the whole industry and mm-hmm. home improvement industry, unfortunately. It doesn't take a lot to get into it. So you get a lot of people that even un- unintentionally aren't ethical mm-hmm. and they just yeah. don't understand what growing that kind of business is about mm-hmm. and uh, then I became the national I uh, got the national trademark as the basement doctor about mm-hmm. uh, oh, 18 years ago and oh, uh, wow. 
it's that uh, blew up and now Ron, how did you build that so I mean you basically became the basement doctor <laughs> you are the basement doctor so how did you build that into the trusted brand that it is today well I think it's all started with just doing the, the right work um, you know I started doing the commercials on TV and radio and uh, people liked them I mean that's kind of and any business that you're in, you know, either people like you or they don't. But we had to deliver the goods. So I got on and I said, you know, we're a trusted brand for a dryer home. Call me. You know, it kind of evolved. It went from, you know, call me for a dry basement. And today it's for a drier, cleaner, healthier, safer, more energy efficient home. And that didn't happen overnight. It took 30 years to get to that point. But our whole business is revolves around customer satisfaction and if you don't have that then you might as well be out of business yeah that's awesome and we know a lot of the success has to do with that wonderful jingle can you give us a little history on that one well you know there was a song uh you know it's the basement doctor and there's an old song doctor doctor give me the news and i uh i was in the music business a good friend of mine owned a recording studio so i went in i started singing that to him and he goes yeah i got that and he he wrote the actual lyrics, and we ch I changed a couple here and there, and then he brought in another good friend of ours from the music industry that had actually won some Grammy Awards, and oh, wow. this guy wrote some uh, music behind it, and in a day's time, we came up with the jingle, and I think the jingle has been the foundation right, sure. of the brand, and it's 20-some years old, and you know, this guy's really, really good at writing jingles, my friend, and mm -hmm. uh, made us you know, living at doing that, great musician, and, uh, you know, so, again, it's all about just being prepared, and I think we, I had an idea, and I brought the right, it's getting the right people involved, mm -hmm. that's what, it, that's what really life is about, is being involved with the right people. Definitely, and I guess one of the things that kind of interested me is, I know you said you're, you're very independent, you were emancipated, you had a lot of, a lot of success just from your own ambition and your drive and your passion but was there ever a trusted guide or mentor or someone that you looked up to that kind of helped teach you some of the things that you're so professional at these days well you know i had a there was a gentleman um that was uh, i was assigned to big brother since you know my, i wasn't i was in a foster home for a while and mm -hmm. they um you know i haven't really been with my parents since i was uh probably five years old and then I was with my grandmother till I was seven and she became ill went into a foster home till uh, I was 13 and um, just over the years I mean that and being in the foster home it wasn't the best experience mm -hmm. uh, but got out again lived above the garage of my proved that I could at least take care of myself my friends Father went to bat for me. Didn't I? Don't think he told me I was going to be living in the garage or the garage, but yeah. didn't matter, you know. And my friend actually moved uh, into the garage, so we both lived there. <laughs> there you go. But so for three or four years, we did that. And um, you know, this big brother, he owned a company in downtown Cleveland, and he gave me a job. He taught me. He was hard on me. I was uh, reconstructing water coolers. He owned Pure Water Filter Company, and. Uh, you know, we'd go into these gas stations, uh, this is way back in the uh, 60s, and pull out these really horrible, uh, you know, water coolers that were in uh, gas stations or plants and things like that, and refurbish them all. And I learned how to do all that, so I had to show up and actually do that. Then from probably the time I was 14 till I was 17, I... Um, 
was the I worked at a drugstore uh, as an assistant man first as a stock boy then as the assistant manager then actually became a manager you know I was you know I, I didn't have much choice so I worked the night shift and then went to high school and then uh, went to college like I say for a couple of years and uh, just wasn't you know. Uh, I just felt like I needed to make a bigger living and take care of it. And my brother offered me to come to Columbus, so I took advantage of that. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm a big believer in higher education for the right people. It wasn't mm-hmm. good for me. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Wow, thank you for sharing that. So, I, I mean, you just sh- uh, shared a little bit, Ron, that building, uh, finding the right people, building a, a company culture. Uh, is really important. So how do you build a great company uh, culture, find the right people, and then build a successful team that you can trust uh, in your businesses? Well, as an entrepreneur, and you know, the original uh, uh, home improvement company, J&D Home Improvement, that uh, is still the the shell corporation for the basement doctor, I had a partner, Tom Johnston, and Tom was an ex-Marine, and it was a great partnership, and I learned a lot about how to work with... uh, production people, people that were out there getting dirty every day, lifting buckets. Uh, it's, you know, it's not an easy business and it's not easy uh, work. So, um, you know, he taught me a lot about customer. We always, both of us believed you had to take care of the customer no matter what. So I don't care if you're in the restaurant business, which I was for a while, or the music business. You know, it all boils down to the customer experience. That's how you want fans. You don't want just customers. You want raging fans that really. So I think a lot of people's ego get in the way of, of that or their pocketbook or they, they, you know, maybe they make a little bit of money and instead of reinvesting it in their people or in the, in the company itself, they decide, oh, I'm success now. And they don't understand that. It's it, you make a lot of mistakes. You go up and down, and that's why so many businesses uh, don't last very long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you almost in that situation become complacent. And exactly. <laughs> so a company culture starts with uh, the entrepreneur that starts that business, and that mm-hmm. becomes the core of the business. Mm-hmm. So if that person or uh, people, if they believe in, uh, you know, we believe in giving back to the community as a, as a corporation, as a culture. I believe in it personally, mm-hmm. and I think it radiates down to the other people that work, that yeah. they have to take care of the people we that give us their, their money and, and uh, want us to help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of my biggest draws in wanting to connect with you, Ron, is your ability, your desire to give back to the community. It's so awesome. I love to see that. Yeah. And I guess one of the things that I've that I always love hearing stories from people, especially someone who's been through it all and has created companies and supported families and provided jobs for so many people, it's not always an easy road to success. So what would you say through your life may have been one of your greatest failures, if you will? Something that something happened that taught you a lesson that really showed you maybe showed you to look at the world a little differently or the way you run your business? What's something that really has stuck with you? Because along the road of success, there's bound to be some hiccups. So what's what's a moment that you think really stands out for you? Um, not letting your ego dictate uh, success or failure. You know, we, um, we had an operation in Baltimore, Maryland that lasted about five or six years and started out as a management company over there ended up, uh, you know, just trying to uh, 
work with the existing uh, personnel, um, trying to change their culture, and it was I found out that it was impossible, and it cost literally millions of dollars to do that, but my ego got in the way of just closing it down. Uh, we ended up selling it, and uh, we were fortunate in being able to do that, but I probably mm-hmm. should have sold it or closed it after mm-hmm. a couple of years and fought for three years to try to... I went, I went over there at a personal expense uh, of having to travel three or four days a week um, and be away from my family and for mm-hmm. about a yeah. year. And that year, I turned the company around while I was there to where we were... We went from a million to three and a half million in a year and made a uh, profit that year wow. when we were losing awesome. money. But as soon as I left, hired a local management team. I also learned that if you're, you have to localize business and mm-hmm. at a certain point, especially in the home improvement industry. And so um, the, the new basic basement doctor franchise company, uh, I really am taking the lessons that were learned in. Uh, in that uh, five-year experience of not expanding too quickly, not having too big a territory, mm-hmm. being involved with the right people right off the bat. And uh, I think we're just so much more prepared now uh, here about 10 years later. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Now, Ron, are there any particular foundational principles or values that you can kind of, that you draw on uh, that you would say, I attribute these principles and values to my business success what do you like what principles values do you use in your business well I think I covered a few um, mm-hmm. just taking care of the customer um, being able to do, you know, to hire the right people to do whatever it is that you're doing whether it's marketing or construction work or restaurant work or whatever it is it's just making sure that you're delivering a quality product mm-hmm. and that you again don't cut corners because of the short-term pocketbook, and you have to, you have to make sure that uh, you're prepared financially in any mm-hmm. business because it's going to co- it's going to take more time and it's going to cost more money. Mm-hmm. So if you're not prepared, a lot of people make some mistakes right off the bat. Um, the biggest one is in naming their company. Mm-hmm. That is a giant. Um, mistake and it's, a lot of it is ego driven or people think they have a great name I, I drive down the road and I look at signs and I, I say well what is, can I immediately mm-hmm. driving by say what that company is going to do if I can't it's a bad name yeah. it's a bad name and I think you have to have if you don't have a name that's perfect you must have a secondary title but I, you know I think the best name in the whole waterproofing industry and maybe I'm a little prejudiced but I hear this, I've heard it now for 25 years, is the basement doctor. Because it pretty much says you're in the basement business and you're going to help them. You know, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, exactly. So that's the first thing I look at. And I've told people that own some pretty big companies, I said, you know, the problem is you're never going to have to, you're going to have to advertise forever. And when you have a name like the Basement Doctor, you don't. And as speaking of that, how would how did that name come about? Is that something that you created or somebody else, or how is wh- well, where is the Basement I Doctor was just from? Driving down the highway, going to a trade show between Columbus, Ohio, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, we had a horrible name as a company. It was called J and D Hydrotech. That was mm-hmm. the name of our the company. I w- and long story short, uh, I didn't get involved in that name. 
um, and I uh, inherited it. And I knew it wasn't a good name, so I, um, as I looked over, there was a billboard that said the house doctor. Mm. I thought, what a great name. And um, I thought, well, I'm really the basement doctor. And I contacted my attorney and found out that it was available. There were a few little glitches to it, but we were able to, to get it that way. So I didn't really, it wasn't a brilliant thing. It was just like, look over, there it is. <laughs> yeah, that's, some, that's sometimes awesome. how it works out. Yeah, very serendipitous. <laughs> yeah. And I know you've been with the basement doctor for, what, over 30 years now? It's been? Yeah, about 30 years. Yeah. And I know you've been through so much, but are you still very much involved or what, what is kind of driving you today? What are, what are your passions in 2018? Well, I, um, I'm in the legacy part of my career, you know, I'm a little older now and, uh, I just feel like, um, I, you know, I want to work on investments and I've been pretty successful. So real estate and you know, absorbing and buying new companies and helping. I have a good friend that has a company that's 22 years old and he's doing about three quarters of a million dollars in business and I want to help grow it because I feel it's a hundred million dollar company under the right circumstances. And I know throw out big numbers, but I don't have a lot of time to, you know, I'll help smaller companies usually with just giving them some advice. But if I'm going to invest, I want the potential to be in that kind of world yeah, and uh, because I feel like I've learned learned it and earned it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any type of specific industries you're kind of have your eye on or something that you might want to go well, into? Uh, enter- you know again I was in entertainment so uh, that's part of it some uh, television that uh, I'm looking at uh, there's a pilot uh, in the food industry so I like food and things like that and yeah. I'm uh, looking at that uh, and I, we pretty much have that pilot done. I haven't really told anybody about it. Yeah. But uh, you heard I, it here. <laughs> exclusive. But we're going to start shopping that uh, in uh, June. Well, to awesome. uh, get that on uh, cable probably, and uh, certainly on the internet. And it's a pretty cool uh, food uh, show. A little awesome. different than anything that's out there, and um, also um, getting involved in some other marketing. I personally don't want to own any more, uh, in, you know, home improvement companies mm-hmm. beyond what it, uh, I already do. So uh, even though that's how I kind of uh, made my uh, my living for so long, I'm going to kind of leave that up to uh, my daughter and uh, son-in-law and some other folks that are involved and uh, let that. Uh, it's it's grown. It's grown beyond really beyond what I thought it was ever going to be, and um, that's awesome. So you never know, but those. Yeah. So I'm looking at uh, other types of marketing ventures, and but you never know. People, I kind of have my own Shark Tank because yeah. I get an email every day from somebody. And and I guess and how would you? I mean, what is the first thing that you look for when you? There is a proposal. There's a potential company. Is there something that you kind of look at directly that? kind of says, you know what, this is a company that I want to go a little further in? Um, you know, that's a great question. And um, I guess it's about uh, if I think I can become passionate about it and help whoever it is that br- brings that to me. Is it an idea? You know, I want to get to know the people. Right. Can I help them grow their company or can I just help them get out of the pain they have because they just aren't capable. Some people are not capable of 
being business, you know, growing things. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean they're not good at certain parts of it, but they don't understand the uh, the growth. And, and, and no matter what, they're never going to understand it. So mm-hmm. if I see that and they've, they've had a great idea uh, that I can run with, then uh, it's about passion. It's about passion and it's about... Uh, how how quickly and and can I grow it? That's awesome, awesome, Ron. Yeah. Uh, so I want to transition into a kind of a different question. Um, are there any favorite quotes or principles that you personally live your life by? Because you've obviously been able to accomplish a lot. Um, yeah. What what are some of those quotes or principles? Um, one of them I live by is "This too shall pass." Because mm. I think everything, and that's how my life's been. You know. There's been ups and downs, but I always feel like we can get through it, you know, as either a family or as a company or whatever it takes, we're going to get through it. And so that's a, that's a biggie mm-hmm. um, for me. And uh, also, uh, you know, I kind of wake up every day and just say, today's a, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, my glass is half full or, the, or, you know, maybe some people are called glass half empty people. People ask me about that. I'd say my glass is always full and I'm going to give it to give, give to somebody else. So I just kind of wake up every day mm-hmm. trying to just have, enjoy the day. That's awesome. That's so cool. So I guess the quote would be enjoy the day. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and speaking of enjoying the day, what does a typical day for Ron Greenbaum look like? It looks like the Warren Buffett school of business, (laughs) which is as few meetings as possible and not a lot of structure. Let's see who I haven't. I try to meet up with somebody maybe I haven't seen for a while that uh, I mentor a lot of people that uh, people may not realize about their career. Right now, there's a woman that's trying to... uh, started her own advertising agency that I've known for a long time and trying to help her figure out whether that's really a good fit for her and how to do that. Um, You know, just any friends that, uh, you know, again, I get involved with a lot of nonprofits and uh, I have friends that email me, they need help with, they're involved with certain things. I'm on some boards, I go to some board meetings, but overall, um, you know, my average day, have some. I have a little bit of a back uh, issue now, but uh, it's probably going to be you know mostly get up, have a cup of coffee, which I still drink, go sit by the pool, read a few emails, maybe go to play golf or have a golf lesson, mm-hmm. and then figure out where I want to go for dinner with my wife. That, that's kind <laughs> that's of the, awesome. the day, and then maybe you know four or five days out of the month, take a road trip that's not more than a day or two. To either one of my companies or to somebody else that needs some help with something. That's awesome. And I know you mentioned you work with a lot of nonprofits, and you're, I know you're very involved in the community. And the Basement Doctor is, I know, out in Columbus, all over the place, doing things. What what type of uh, companies have you been working with in the past that you think are really doing some great work out there? Well, you know, I um, I look at things. For, I have a special needs uh, daughter and a special needs brother-in-law, so you know, kind of. Anything involved in that community, I, I, I try to be as involved in as possible. There's a group called Lifetown that uh, helps just countless. Uh, it's kind of the special needs community for uh, Central Ohio area, so I'm involved there, you know, every way possible. 
animals, I believe animals cannot advocate for themselves. So I get involved there uh, as much as I can. A big one right now that I'm getting involved with, and you're going to hear a lot about, is called Pet FBI. It's a national mm-hmm. organization based here in Columbus, and uh, it's it's going to do some phenomenal work, and especially in pet rescue. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not uh, a it's getting people in touch with their pets before they go into the system, I guess, mm-hmm. which is really cool because sometimes. A pet gets found, and then you take it to a shelter, and all of a sudden you got to pay 150 or 200 dollars to get your pet out. And a lot mm-hmm. of people can't afford that. Yeah. Or maybe during a hurricane, your pet gets lost, and there was a lot of for-profit organizations making money off of that. We're working on a database, national database for pets to uh, be able to rescue them mm-hmm. with these big, you know hurricane and weather changes and things like that so I'm excited about pet FBI I'm excited about uh, you know the uh, Special Olympics uh, and uh, I I believe in just having opportunity for for people with special needs to be able to to enjoy themselves and do you have do you have any pets for yourself Pardon me? Do you have any pets? Yeah, I have a uh, dog named Molly Shannon, mm-hmm. uh, Black Lab, and she's a sweetheart. That's awesome. And uh, I also okay. own a pet cemetery. Oh, cool. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, so we'll, we'll <laughs> kind of work out the details on that oh, one. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And uh, so Molly, my dog's name is Molly, and she actually has a credit card because I named the pet cemetery LLC Molly <laughs> oh, Shannon. So what a lucky dog. I have a credit card that says Molly <laughs> Shannon on it. Wow. Yeah, well, yeah that's, I mean, that's, that's just great because you talk about one of the, the two main um, organizations that you support are things that are very near and dear to you. So it's mm-hmm. what you talked about earlier about things that you're passionate about and getting the right people. And that's, that's just what I think really shines through about yourself and your story is that it's true and it's authentic and you're not just putting your name on things like you actually are looking at organizations and companies that mean something because you want to help them and also you being passionate about it helps them in return so yeah people you know again you you have to in this day and age with uh, the cultural change in this uh, in our society and the um, all the things that are happening I, I think it's really important uh, Government just can't do it all, and I think anymore they're not going to do it. So we have to be able to advocate for people and for any part of our society that can't advocate for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ron, I'd love to. That's awesome. I, I just want to transition into um, maybe some questions that some of the listeners might be having. You know, they might be working with their own companies. They might be thinking, having their ideas of starting something. What do you believe are some of the most important things um, in successful marketing and then also in building a successful business? And I know you touched on a few of them probably, but... <laughs> well, look, number one thing is don't go in underfinanced because you might as well go out of business immediately. If you don't have the money to do what it is, find it. Find a partner. I've done well with partners. Not everybody does, but if you have the right partner, and uh, you can split up uh, how the business is, or you can be the general. Maybe you're the one that's the, the general partner and you work on sweat equity or whatever, but do not, number one, be financed properly. Number two, make sure you have a business plan uh, that's at least five years long of where you wanna go and then work backwards. 
Uh, don't let your ego get in the way of making good decisions and uh, work with the right people. I mean, you know, if somebody, somebody isn't the right person or for your company, then you, you need to change that. Mm -hmm. Even though you might like that person, that's not what they're there for. They're there. Uh, make sure you work with job descriptions. And uh, here, here's what you need to do um, as an entrepreneur when you start hiring. Hire the right people. Train them, train them, train them. Mm -hmm. Motivate them through either financially or just, hey, you're doing a great job or get them even a piece of the equity in the business. Whatever you need to do to, to motivate that person. Everybody's a little different in terms of what motivates them. Mm -hmm. Thirdly, evaluate them. Tell them how they're doing or some things they could do a little better. and. They deserve that. They deserve you. The last I hate it when you know managers or owners talk about, oh, this person's no good and no, or this isn't good. You know what? That doesn't do anybody any good. You need to evaluate that. And you need to put it in writing so people can know how they're doing. And then you need to administrate them. And when I say administrate, it means if you say you're going to pay them a certain amount, pay them. You know, don't make excuses uh, for you know why you're not going to pay them. Uh, whether it's a bonus or even their salary, whatever it is. And so if you take a pyramid and you turn it upside down to review what I just said, the top, of the, now you have the biggest line. If you divide that into the five components there, the biggest section is hire the right people. Mm -hmm. Then next to that is train them and train them the correct way and train them and train them and train them. And then motivate them. Is, so each part is just slightly smaller. The administrative end, which a lot of people are pretty good at, that's just kind of the little uh, triangle of its own at the bottom of that pyramid. And so I tell the leadership people at this company that that's what their job is. Their job is, as being a leader, is hire the right people, train them, train them, train them, motivate them, value them, administer them. Because if they're not working out, I like to, in my organizations, I look up. I don't look down. I don't say, well, they're, these people aren't doing the, what they're supposed to be doing. I look at who brought them in, did they, you know, why'd they hire them, why'd they, you know, train them. So when people come to me and, you know, they say, well, this one's this or this one's that, I would say, well, then I'd suggest you take your mirror out and look in the mirror mm -hmm. because you're not doing something right here. Mm -hmm. So you fix it. I mean, I'll give people... You know, again, I'll give people the benefit of giving. If they ask me for some advice, I'm certainly there to do it. But I'm not, in my businesses, I'm not a babysitter. Mm -hmm. I hire the people and I expect them to do what they need to do. And I've trained them to do that as mm -hmm. much as uh, I can. And uh, in this day and age, I just uh, expect, again, the leadership team to make profits because that's what I'm there to That's what I'm in business for. And that's the other thing. You know, you don't have to pay yourself a lot, but you, I, I don't like when people go into business and don't pay themselves anything mm -hmm. because, you know, what's the sense? Mm -hmm. Your businesses are made to make profits for the people that invested the money in that business, the return on investment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, absolutely. I can't even begin to describe how valuable that is, Ron. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely appreciate you sharing that. Yes. Well, we're, we're getting closer to the final question and wrapping everything up. And one question that obviously that kind of ties into 
growing like a pro and making sure you're doing all the right things. Is there anything, let's say you got, you got a phone call and it was you from when you were 15 or 16 years old. Is there anything you would have told yourself that may have, would, may have prepared you a little bit better or even at a time, even, even at a time when, like I said, the companies may not have been doing so well or you're looking, you're kind of just looking at the dark beyond and it's like, what, what can I do? Is there one thing, one even sentence or quote that you would say to someone or yourself that may prepare them for the future? Well, I think everybody's a little different. In my case, maybe I would have uh, paid a little bit more attention in school. <laughs> You know, I really paid more attention to girls and, you know, having a good time. Uh, and uh, like I said, I had to make a living. Um, you know, everybody's a little different. You know, it's funny you ask that because I have a high school friend whose son is having a lot of difficulties. And uh, he actually drove him to Columbus to meet me. And uh, this kid has a lot of good ideas, but he has a lot of emotional problems. And... The parents are, they can't, they don't know what to do with him. And um, he, um, he's been, the son who I met, I give him my business card, he's been texting me all these ideas about buying property in downtown Cleveland. There's homes that literally can buy for five or $10,000. So he doesn't understand why he shouldn't do that. He wants to become basically a landlord down there. And, mm. you know, he's really not prepared to do any of that. So I said, you know, at least uh, try to get your high school uh, diploma. And then we'll talk. He, he's begged me to bring him to Columbus and he'll come to work for me for nothing. And, you know, I, I, I admire what he's trying to do, but he's mm-hmm. not capable of doing any of it. It's more his uh, emotional situation. He's on some type of uh, anxiety medication and things mm-hmm. like that. But, um, you know, at the age of 16, I don't know, you know, I, I've lived a great life and I don't know that it changed anything, Adam. I, I think that it was uh, perfect. I think it was all perfect and it got me the background of having to just do things on my own and mm-hmm. be kind of crazy and you know, I had a lot of good friends that uh, I've always kind of been a social guy, and you know, my friends helped and they took helped me, and I don't know if they mentored me as much as they were just good friends. And over the years, I, that's kind of been that way. And the luckiest thing in the world was meeting my wife, you know, and that was super important. And uh, raising a family and kind of got me to where uh, I could focus on my business and uh, had a fantastic. Uh, day to day, you know, I mean, every day was, of my marriage has been, a lot of people might, you know, say it, but really every day of my marriage is, is great. Yeah, that's awesome. it's great. And I think that's, I mean, I, I actually had, a, had an inkling that that was the answer you're going to give. And I think that's something that's truly most important that I think people can get caught up so much in second guessing their decisions and living in the past and not focusing on the now and the future and what to happen. And having someone who's been through it all and has seen everything, I think it's it's so important to know that, yeah, it's I mean, it's so easy, obviously, to to look in the past and to have 2020 vision and stuff. But when you're going through it, that's every step you make takes you to where you're going to be. And I think that's very valuable advice that just, yeah, you need to live in the, in the now. And hopefully when you're at a point where you can look back at your life, you don't have any regrets. And I know it's a lot easier said than done, but I think that's something very incredible and very great to to have Mm -hmm. 
Well, you know, again, one of the things you have to look at is if you take a step backwards, in order to grow, you have to take two steps. Mm. So I don't like taking two steps. Yeah. <laughs> I like taking one step and just keep, even if it's a half a step right. or a quarter of a step, keep moving forward. Because if you, as soon as you go backward, it becomes a lot more difficult. It so, uh, and that's the same way it is in life, I think. You need to um, just uh, focus on, you know, and it's not always easy. No. But focus on the positive things, focus on, build on your success. You know, this big thing, learn from your failures. Yeah, okay, learn from your failures. That's important. Just don't be stupid enough to do it again, I guess. Yeah. But I have been. So <laughs> you never know. That's awesome. Well, Ron, you know, you've, you've been able to deliver incredible growth tips throughout this conversation. I mean, I can't even begin to describe how valuable your insight has been even just, you know, to me, I'm sure it's been beneficial to Adam. Of course. Um, but, you know, how can listeners um, of this podcast uh, connect with you? And then what does the future hold for uh, Ron Greenbaum? Well, it's pretty simple. Just get on rongreenbaum.com. Everything is there that you're going to want. You can contact me that way. Um, the future is that uh, I feel like... Uh, I'm going to help a lot of companies grow through consulting work, speaking engagements. Um, you know, again, I, I feel like uh, I've just begun my to a, almost a different career in terms of uh, done a couple of podcasts recently and uh, had a lot of people contact me and uh, mm -hmm. all over the United States and Canada and. Uh, you know, there's the, I love the web because it's mm -hmm. called the World Wide Web for a reason. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of people doing things out there business-wise that just don't make a lot of sense because they're not making any money or they just need that little bit. I, I think I can go into any company and look at their uh, financial statement, tour their facilities, talk to a few of their employees, and pretty much do a brand assessment pretty quickly mm -hmm. and get them on the right road. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, I mean, listeners, you've heard it. Ron has over 40 years of experience growing successful businesses from the ground up. He's a pro when it comes to growth. And, you know, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode with Ron Greenbaum, you know, sharing some of his story, his effective tips, tools, and even his techniques to help you grow like a pro. Thank you so much, Ron. Uh, you know, we definitely want to have you back on the show just to, uh, you know, talk about more of the things that you've shared. Well, it's a pleasure being here always. Thank and uh, thanks, guys. And we are back in the studio. In the studio. That was a wonderful conversation by Ron. And once again, I'm, I appreciate you guys bearing with our, you know, old equipment. Now we're all new and fancy. But <laughs> once again, I just we didn't want this this interview to go to waste because mm -hmm. as you just heard there are some really great stories and things that Ron shared with us during this this adventure of ours yeah for sure I mean his his experiences his things that he's learned has just been so incredibly valuable like I, I don't know about you Adam too I, I could immediately see a difference in improvement from our more recent episodes to this one. Oh yeah definitely <laughs> definitely so yeah it's awesome that we have this opportunity to uh, you know learn from these incredible people it's yeah great. it really is it's just it was funny we were we were about to upload the episode and Jason told me it was in May and I was like what <laughs> there's no way it was in May and they actually was in May that was so long ago yeah yeah it seems like such a long time ago I know and Crazy. like I said we definitely are going to have Ron back in the studio with the with the new equipment and all that stuff but as I said before it's just 
we didn't want to waste this conversation because there, anytime this man talks, there's valuable lessons to be heard. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, Adam, how can uh, people get involved in the show or, you know, connect with us? So, of course, if you want to be a part of the show, send your questions and topics and all that wonderful stuff to hello at growlikeaproshow.com. Once again, that's hello at growlikeaproshow.com. And obviously, you can follow Jason and I on Twitter. And I am at Adam Bankhurst. And Jason is at JJ Flagle. And how about our sponsor, man? Yeah, wow. our sponsor is the Genesis Marketing Group. <laughs> so excited to you know have the partnership with them, the ability to host our studio, the opportunity to you know basically change the lives of businesses and business owners and the customers that these businesses are interacting with. It's incredible. Yeah, and as I, as we always like to say, it's a one stop shop for your business needs. I mean, mm-hmm. marketing, advertising, any type of print media, social media, reputation management. It's there's all kinds of stuff that Genesis can do for you and do it very well. Yeah, for sure. We have a guaranteed uh, track record of, you know, delivering value back to the, cu- uh, back to the customer, the uh, businesses. Definitely. Definitely. And, um, as far as the future of the show, do we have any hints on what next week's going to hold for grow like a pro? Yeah, we've got Chris Borja from the Dublin area networking group or dang. <laughs> <laughs> dang. I always love say, telling him that uh, when it, whenever he has his events, it's going to be a dang good time. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. Here, no, I'm just <laughs> yeah, yeah, so not- watch out for that episode. It's going to be awesome. Chris shares some really incredible tips, uh, you know, to be able to grow uh, your skills at networking with people, learn how to better communicate and represent yourself uh, just with uh, connecting with other people. It's just funny because everyone, you know, talks about networking and how important it is, but what are the best ways to do it? And that's something that Chris, I feel, mm-hmm. has pretty much mastered at this point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's uh, he's great at it. Another great conversation. Introduced us to a lot of other cool people that have been on the show and will be on the show. And it's another great conversation that will be live next Thursday yep. at 6 a.m. Yep, awesome. And until next week, we really appreciate everybody coming in and listening and learning. And we will see you when Chris Borja's episode goes live next week. And until then, adios. Adios. Adios.